Hello and welcome to today's Live on Web program, looking at how ELDs have changed trucking. I'm Seth Clevenger, Managing Editor of Features at Transport Topics. In today's program, we'll be taking a fresh look at a major change to trucking's regulatory landscape, the federal ELD mandate. For more than six months now, most long-haul carriers have been required to use electronic logging devices instead of paper logbooks to record drivers' hours of service. And full enforcement of that rule has been in effect since April 1st, when law enforcement began placing drivers out of service for failing to have an ELD installed. Now both of those deadlines are in the rearview mirror, and the trucking industry, by and large, is now compliant with the mandate. So now is a good time to reflect on this regulation and how it's playing out in real-world trucking operations. With me here in the studio to discuss this is Eric Miller, a government reporter at TT who's been closely following this topic. We'll also be playing interviews with three excellent guests. To delve into the law enforcement process, we spoke with Kerry Wierkowski, director of the Roadside Inspection Program at CVSA, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance. We also interviewed Tom McLeod, CEO of McLeod Software, to get a broader perspective on the industry impact of ELDs. And for a carrier perspective, we spoke with Eden Selimagic, safety manager at Midwest Freight Systems, a truckload carrier that made the switch from paper logs to electronic logs last year ahead of the mandate. Our sponsor for today's program is PriceDigests.com. And as we get into this discussion, we also invite you to participate in the live program by emailing your questions or comments to share at ttnews.com. To get started, uh, let's go ahead and talk about how ELDs have affected uh, compliance with hours of service limits. So FMCSA recently reported that HOS violations have dropped significantly since the ELD mandate went into effect last December. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Eric? Yeah, so far so good. Uh, the uh, actual hours of service violations, uh, daily and weekly, uh, dropped from 1.19% of the inspections mm -hmm. issued to 0.64% of, uh, of the inspections. Okay. So it got off to a good start. Yeah, that's pretty significant uh, results there uh, within the, the early months of the, of the regulation. And uh, of course, Eric, you recently saw a lot of this firsthand. You visited an inspection site in uh, Virginia earlier this year. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, share a few uh, uh, thoughts about your experiences there. Yeah, it was very interesting. I actually uh, learned that being an inspector is a tough job. Right. Um, and those guys are really talented at, uh, at ferreting out potential problems. Um, and I also learned that the, the uh, drivers and carriers were ready for the ELD mandate. Um, we inspected several, or he inspected several vehicles, and uh, all of them passed. Uh, the drivers mm -hmm. didn't always n know what they had, whether right. it was an AOBRD or an ELD, but they, uh, they were ready. Okay, there was something in the truck. Yes. So it's interesting that we're hearing, at least anecdotally, that uh, compliance has been pretty strong. Uh, the ELD rollout has, has taken place, and for the most part, the carriers that are required to have ELDs in their trucks, for the most part, have them now. So, uh, by and large, the industry got the memo. Uh, next, let's go ahead and uh, recap some of the latest developments on exemption requests, as well as additional regulatory guidance on the ELD rule. So, Eric, there have been a few uh, exemption requests, and uh, one of those pertains to ag haulers, and that's gotten a lot of attention. Where exactly does that stand now? Well, they get, the ag haulers got their guidance. Uh, it was clarified recently by FMCSA, and basically, it, 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 any Anybody who is a, an ag, ag commodities hauler, uh, livestock, bees, insects, mm -hmm. horses, fish, um, such, 
uh, if they operate within 150 air miles, which is roughly 176 road miles, um, they do not have to have an ELD. They can take their trip up, take their trip back. Um, they virtually operate without ELDs, without hours of service restrictions. Um, and uh, pretty much if you go beyond 150 mi air miles, then you need either, you, well, you need a logbook mm -hmm. and or ELD. Okay. And we did get a question from one of our viewers on this ag exemption. Uh, so this is a question from Mike Miller at Truckers Exchange, Inc. And uh, he says that we have some produce customers trying to apply this 150-mile exemption to their loads. And uh, if we have a load with several pickups in California going to Alabama, uh, he wants confirmation that this exemption does not apply to that load. Uh, and it only applies uh, to trucks that are moving product from fields to the packing house or, you know, packing house to packing house. Uh, so, uh, Eric, just to, to clarify, you know, if you're, um, if, if a company's trying to apply the 150-mile uh, exemption to a load going from California to Alabama. Yeah, that one would require an ELD. Right. Um, not so much because of where they're going, but the fact that they're traveling so far. Right. And uh, another exemption request that's gotten a lot of uh, attention is uh, rental trucks. And there has been some movement on that as well. So, uh, Eric, uh, give us a, a quick overview of, of where we stand for ELDs and rental trucks. Uh, the Truck Renting and Leasing Association has been granted an uh, exemption from ELDs up until October of 1922. Mm -hmm. If four trucks that are uh, leased or rented for eight days or less, um, they've got a request in for a broader 30-day exemption uh, for trucks that are rented or leased 30 days or less. Um, that has not been ruled on yet by FMCSA. Okay, so still waiting for uh, um, you know, some, a final decision on that. And FMCSA also recently issued updated guidance on personal conveyance. So when a driver uses a truck, uh, you know, just to maybe go home or go to a restaurant, for example. Uh, Eric, what, can you tell us a little bit about that change and, and what does it really mean? Yeah, um, they've liberalized the rule a lot. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you've reached your hours for the day, uh, you can take personal time if you need to advance to or find a parking spot, go to a motel, uh, go home maybe for some reason. Um, and you can do it wh whether your truck is laden or unladen right now. Mm. Um, it's pretty much, you, you need to get approval from your carrier, right. obviously, and you need to end the day so you're not fatigued to drive the next day. Yeah, okay. And I would also like to remind our viewers that the ELD mandate actually won't be fully implemented until December of 2019. And that's because the ELD rule includes a grandfather clause that allows carriers that have already adopted older electronic logging systems known as AOBRDs, uh, automatic onboard recording devices, uh, to continue using those until December of 2019. And lots of large uh, fleets uh, that, have, that were early adopters of e-logs are taking advantage of that. Uh, but that does create some complexity for roadside inspections because there are so many different types of devices that can be in the truck. And uh, Eric, do you have any tips for what carriers can do to help navigate that? Yeah, just, just like drivers and carriers, this is a learning experience for inspectors. And inspectors don't like exemptions. I, right. By their latest count, there's uh, 40 active exemptions you know, ranging from ELDs all the way down to where you place your mirror on the truck. Um, and it, so um, drivers should be equipped with their device cards to let right. the inspector know what type of device they yep. have. 
And they also should carry a copy of the exemption so that if there's a question as whether they're exempt, they can show the, the uh, regulation to the inspector. Okay. So it goes a long way if your driver knows what's in the truck and knows how to operate the device. That can save you a lot of hassle at that roadside. And, you know, this is also uh, one of the comments that came up recently, Eric, when you spoke with Kerry Wierkowski of CVSA, you know, about the roadside inspection process with ELDs. So let's go ahead and play that interview now. Is, is the ELD mandate um, making your inspector's jobs easier or more difficult? Some inspectors, depending on their, their experience with what used to be AOBRDs for the most part, it really doesn't have a correlation to long or shorter inspections. What does have a correlation to the longer inspection is inspectors were accustomed to seeing five to ten different types of AOBRDs in the past. Now they have the opportunity to see anywhere between 200 and 300 different ELDs. So at this point, there's really no way of inspectors being able to know how to navigate each one of those. So what prolongs the inspection is when they stop a driver that is not aware of how to use his own device. So if the drivers are properly trained and they really know how to use the device, they know how to transfer files like they're supposed to, then in theory, the inspection is taking less amount of time. The file transfers, it goes to E-Rods, the inspector can look at the log, and it should be a quicker process. Do, do drivers tend to be pretty well trained with the ELD? Are you, are you finding they have difficulties with it? What we are finding and what we're hearing is not necessarily that they're not trained on the device, but more so that they don't know what they have. So they know they have something electronic, but they're not sure whether they have an AOBRD or an ELD. So the hardware they're carrying in a lot of cases can be an ELD compliant piece of hardware, but it currently is bringing in AOBRD software. So the company gave them a new device. They presume it's an ELD, but in fact, it's running AOBRD software. And the intricacies and the, the usage of an AOBRD versus an ELD is not the same. So when the officer asks the driver to transfer a file, in the old AOBRD system, that tends to be a PDF emailed to the officer specifically. In an ELD, it's not the case. It's a file that goes through either by web services or local, depending on what the VLD it is and depending on what the state agency is asking for, but it's not a PDF that gets emailed to the inspector. So it goes differently. The inspector has to give the driver a unique identifier to put into their ELD to make the file upload. Those are the types of things that I think both inspectors and drivers are having difficulty communicating roadside. So that your first question slows down the process a little bit and then you know drivers are supposed to have the instruction card in the truck if they have the instruction card the instruction card will most likely identify which of those two devices it is so if the driver doesn't know where that instruction card is or he doesn't have it with him there's a charge for that offense to not have it in the cab and it also causes the question on the side of the road as to which device they have so that would be my my, and I've been saying it to industry ever since ELD came out, that that is probably the most they can do to support themselves at roadside is to make sure the drivers know what they have and make sure that the drivers train on the device. Do, 
do they do they tend to like these ELDs? I mean, is it making it easier for them? The drivers? Yes. Um, again, I think it goes back to training. I think in some cases, I mean, even when you go back to when drivers went from paper logs to AOBRDs and they did it, uh, not because they had to, but because they wanted to, companies wanted to. Drivers, if you have talked to drivers, I mean, I used to talk to drivers years ago when I was on the road. Once they get used to it, they like it because it takes away driver error. You know, like one of the top violations in hours of service all the way along was, you know, form and manner violations. Drivers forget to put things on their paper log. They forget to add up the columns. They forget to sign the log. They are behind. So you stop a driver, these five duty statuses behind. They can get written up for all of those things, and all of those things are citations. Electronic logging devices take away that, basically eliminate those types of violations for the most part. Um, because they're never going to be behind on their log because the ELD keeps them up on it. They, you know, for the most part, they have to hit a button or check a box to certify the log. And in most cases, can't move to the next day until they do. So there's things that protect the driver from getting those, you know, those types of charges at the side of the road. And now we're down to looking for key aspects of hours of service violations, like being over the 11 hours driving or being over the 14 hours on duty you know, the 30 minute rest break, things like that. It allows inspectors to focus more on that as opposed to all the other form and manner stuff that the ELD takes care of. Yeah, some drivers have complained that the ELD is making it necessary for some, some flexibility in hours of service. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, you have to separate out the hours of service rules and the ELD rule. Nothing changed with the hours of service rules and drivers were to log their hours as they were when they were doing paper logs. So nothing has really changed. Now it's just an electronic log. So yes, has it brought out um, some areas where, for lack of better words, maybe drivers were putting down that they were off duty when in fact they were on duty for 15 minutes. Like those are the types of things we're hearing where they're at a loading dock and they have to move the truck or they're parked on the side of the road and they have to move the truck because somebody has come and told them to move and they're trying to get their 10 hour rest break off. So there's those types of issues that came to light when ELDs came in where before they probably were just logging the fact that they were off duty even though they were driving a lot of that has been taken care of with the recent interpretation that FMCSA came out for personal conveyance. So the personal conveyance application can be used to sort of bridge the gap between some of those types of issues that I mentioned and not having to manipulate your logbook, for lack of better words. I know it's still early in the game, but do you have a f any feelings on whether this will actually reduce crashes using ELDs? I don't, although, I mean, to, to the point when you have gone to crashes in the past and you've done accident investigations and it comes to light that the driver was in fact falsifying his logbook, I mean, you have to come back to the fact that fatigue may have been part of that collision. It is more difficult to falsify your log when you have an electronic kind of keeping you in tune with what you're actually doing. And most electronic logging devices help the driver and the operator in some cases because they have the ability, for the most part, to indicate when a driver is getting close to his hours. Where a paper log doesn't do that, so drivers may or may not have even known they were near their 
you know, on duty of 14 hours, well, then you're going to have to take a break. So now the ELD assists with that in a lot of cases. I know CVS, I've heard that CVSA inspectors don't like too many exemptions. Are all these exemptions re related to the ELD causing some difficulties? Again, they are if, and this is a suggestion that I've given to the industry over and over again, it's like if you're running under an exemption, if you're running under the ag exemption, or you're running under the rental agreement exemption, or all the other ones that are that could be out there or that may come, ensure that your drivers have a copy of that exemption in the truck. Inspectors should know what the exemptions are, but you're right. They, you know, as they as they come out and as they change, you can't guarantee that every inspector on the side of the road is up to date as of yesterday. So if something has changed and it's necessary for the inspectors to know, industry should do themselves a favor and go to FMCSA's website and pull a copy of that now and carry it with them. That way they can produce it on the side of the road. Any, do you have any tips for drivers as far as you know, vis-a-vis uh, ELDs. And it's it's sort of what I've been saying to companies, and I say it to drivers too. It's like inspectors. Again, I, I said it earlier. They can't possibly know 250 different devices. That driver needs to know one device, and he needs to know it well. So if he knows how that device works, if he knows how to navigate backwards and forwards from one day to the next, if the inspector asks to do so. Plus, he knows where his driver card is. He knows how to get to the instruct uh, the the manual. Because both of those can be electronic in fashion. So if they're in the device, the driver needs to know how to find them in the device. If they're in paper form, he needs to know where they are in his manual. He needs to know where his his uh, sufficient number of extra log books are. If the, if the device goes into a mode, he needs to do paper logs or he needs to do computer generated logs. So make sure he has that stuff with him. And if he has all of that stuff with him and he knows how to use the device, the inspection's gonna go pretty smoothly. You know, I was earlier this year I was at the Mid America Trucking Show and I and I was spoke speaking with one of the ELD manufacturers and at their booth and they said that one of the first things drivers always ask is, can you tell me how to cheat on this? Are these things pretty much foolproof from what you've seen? Well, I mean, there's always where there's a will, there's a way. So, I mean, you know, you can equate it back to radar detectors, and then they came out with radar detector detectors and so on and so forth. So, do I know of any specific ways at this point? No. But could it be done? Probably. Um, so, I mean, that's going to come with time, and inspectors will look for that. And, you know, when they download the file and they find violations in the file maybe they'll find it in the file and it's not actually on the device those things will probably come to pass once inspectors start doing compliance reviews they may see things differently on the back end that officers are being at roadside so if that's happening slowly but surely they should be able to find it All right, welcome back, and thanks to Carrie uh, for taking the time out for that interview. And as a reminder, you're watching Live on Web's look at how ELDs have changed trucking. As we continue, we invite you to participate in the show. You can email questions or comments to share at ttnews.com, 
and we'll do our best to get to, uh, get to them during the program. And, you know, better enforcement of hours of service through ELDs combined with a, you know, really a hot freight market right now have tightened freight hauling capacity. And that's a good thing for freight rates. Uh, but when demand is this high, it also puts even more pressure on fleets to recruit and retain drivers. And that brings me to a couple of uh, good questions that were submitted by uh, some of our viewers. Uh, Douglas Brockhouse at Bender Commercial Real Estate asks, uh, one of the big complaints was that drivers would not be able to make the same amount of money because they couldn't get the miles because of the ELD. Has anyone made a comparison to drivers' wages thus far? And uh, Tom Schmidt at Navistar had a similar question. Uh, have ELDs hurt the profitabil profitability of drivers who used to run harder than would be allowed? Uh, so, of course, this really depends on what the driver was doing before ELDs, right? So if the driver was skirting hours of service rules and falsifying their logbooks, sure, they'll have fewer miles. Uh, but that's because they're now following the regulation that they should have been complying with in the first place. Now, for those who were following hours of service limits carefully, uh, they may actually find that they save time because they don't have to manually fill out their logbooks anymore. It's done automatically, so you can save time on that end. And I will say that just anecdotally, we've, we've seen a lot of fleets raise driver pay uh, in recent months. And that's likely driven by you know, the driver shortage, of course. But uh, we've also seen, uh, you know, as freight rates increase, you know, it's easier for these carriers to pass some of that on to their drivers. Uh, I guess bottom line, if you were compliant with hours of service before the ELD mandate, you're probably making more money now. Uh, Eric, do you have any additional thoughts on this question of um, profitability for drivers? Yeah, I think this has been one of the kind of unspoken factors uh, in independent operators asking if they could get more flexibility in the rule. Right. Um, I, I, they don't like to call it cheating, the regulators don't, but they just say that the trucks sometimes before ELD, they were moving different than they were recorded in the log books. Yeah, very, very diplomatic. Um, but uh, to get some more uh, perspective on the impact of ELDs, we recently spoke with Tom McLeod, who's the CEO of McLeod Software. And you know, he really sees the ELD mandate as uh, the latest step in this broader movement toward onboard technology and trucking. And you know, it really goes back to the spread of uh, mobile communication systems back in the, in the late 80s and into the 90s. So let's go ahead and, and play that interview. So Tom, uh, we're going to talk about uh, ELDs and the recent ELD mandate. And you know, you've seen a lot of big changes in the trucking industry since you founded McLeod Software back in 1985, I believe. Uh, where does the ELD mandate rank among all the big changes that you've seen uh, in this industry in the years since then? Well, the interesting thing to me is that the ELD um, mandate with the deadline, it created an event which really is just, was just a natural progression of things that started in the 1990s when the satellite tracking initially and the mobile communication capability began coming into the trucking fleets. Right. Of course, the biggest disruption uh, to the trucking industry was in 1980 and deregulation itself. Uh, but then there have been other uh, real disruptions to the industry, um, the mobile communications being one of those. Certainly the introduction of sophisticated management information systems is one. Uh, EPA regulations have been big, especially for the last 15 years. I think that's mm -hmm. been uh, disruptive but phased in over time, again, without the attention of a deadline that we've had around the ELD mandate. But uh, most of the better managed carriers were already prepared 
And we've seen this deadline coming now for uh, several years as the deadline's been postponed now uh, two or three times. Right. So to finally get uh, that last 10 or 15% of the capacity, according to our, our estimates, of the four higher market uh, on the ELDs, really almost a minor event from an implementation standpoint, but major kicking and screaming uh, <laughs> from that last 10% caused it to get a lot of attention. And I believe it will create some uh, disruption uh, in the capacity, and we're seeing that now. Okay. And, of course, we had all this uh, buildup to the deadline and then uh, the uh, tighter enforcement that went into effect on in, uh, April 1st. Uh, what's your assessment of the overall industry impact thus far of the ELD mandate? Well, if I you know, can, can give it one phrase or characteristic, uh, is that disruption always creates opportunity. So for those that are looking for the opportunity and the disruption, there'll be some gains uh, to be made. And again, I don't believe that the disruption has been uh, cataclysmic. Um, and a lot of the language that, that we heard from uh, people wanting to delay or defer implementation was some of the same language we heard from um, the uh, drivers back in the 90s when uh, fleets were implementing the mobile communication systems for the first time. They didn't want Big Brother tracking right. them, seeing what they're doing. Uh, once they got the units in the trucks and realized, hey, I'm never out of touch. I don't have to go find a payphone to find my next load. This is kind of nice. Uh, they're seeing the same things now with the uh, electronic logs. Oh, I don't have to fill this out anymore. I don't have to, uh, you know, fool with that. That's that's kind of nice. My shippers, they don't ask me to do things that I can't legally do anymore. And so we've really put a perimeter on that last fringe or 10 or 15 percent of the uh, shipping community as well as the carriers that would skirt the rules uh, when necessary, putting everybody on a level playing field and uh, forcing the better management of the trucking companies. Sure. And uh, as we've all seen, we've we made it through December and then we made it through April and the freight is still being moved. Uh, you can still go to the stores and indeed all your products are still there on the shelves. Uh, but we are in a tight uh, freight capacity market right now. Um, we've seen a significant tightening of the market and you know, some of that may be ELDs, but we're also in just a generally strong period right now for, for freight and the economy is growing. So what do you think uh, you know, is, is causing the, the, the tight market that we're in right now? Do you think ELDs played a, a role in that or is it more about just general freight demand? I believe there's three very powerful forces uh, creating the constraint on capacity that we're seeing right now. Of course, one of those is the fact that the economy is very strong and, and freight is plentiful. Everybody has enough freight. Uh, the second factor is the shortage of drivers. And that's created by two factors, really, primarily in my view. One is that the fact that uh, driver pay has not kept up over the last 20 years with the pay increases that other sectors have seen, uh, mainly in manufacturing and in construction, which is two other employment options that are typically available from the you know, truck driving population. Right. So driver pay catching up is going to be helpful. Uh, the, the second factor um, being that uh, the, uh, demographically, the uh, Generation X, which is now 35 to 50 years old, is missing 9 million people. I rarely see that referred to, 
But that's, that's a big cause of the programmer shortage, by the way, which, which we've got, uh, as well as the driver shortage is the, compared to the baby boomers or the generation coming behind the millennials, uh, we're short 9 million people. And uh, that's uh, uh, enough of a factor by itself to create uh, a shortage. Uh, but in addition, we've seen that before, where we've had strong economy, shortage of drivers. Adding the ELD uh, mandate and again, constraining capacity anywhere from five to seven percent for some operations is kind of a, a triple threat that has uh, uh, created a unique situation. And again, as I said earlier, the disruption uh, creates opportunity. So for the better managed, better prepared companies, they'll really be able to use this period of time to improve their position with shippers. Uh, and the ones that learn to improve their operations uh, in, in these circumstances are, are going to be the long-term winners. Okay, yeah, very interesting thoughts about the driver shortage, and of course that's always an issue for trucking, but especially when we're in a market right now where it's, there's a lot of freight to move, uh, and as we all know, the, the real constraint on the market is not equipment, it's drivers. All right, welcome back. It was Tom said, a big change like the ELD mandate can also be an opportunity for fleets to set themselves apart from their competitors. And uh, with ELDs, it's more important than ever for fleets to carefully manage drivers' uh, available time and uh, make smart business decisions. Uh, we did receive a comment I'd like to get to uh, from uh, Rebecca Brewster at ATRI, the American Transportation Research Institute. And uh, she says that going back to early ATRI research back in uh, 2006, Early adopter fleets uh, of ELDs, uh, I guess they would have been uh, EOBRs uh, uh, back then, uh, were seeing increased productivity and improved uh, driver morale and, and better uh, driver retention. And uh, that's the message that you often hear from uh, the fleets that have been using e-logs for a very long time. You know, maybe after some initial uh, pushback, um, you know, the drivers generally uh, become acclimated and, and end up uh, liking electronic log uh, systems. And uh, I suspect that many of the new adopters that came on board because of the mandate uh, may see the same thing in the months uh, ahead. And I also got a question from uh, David McAleer, who's the regional safety manager at TransService. And he asks, is there a limit uh, in terms of time or distance on personal conveyance per shift? Uh, Eric, would you like to take that one? Yeah, um, there is no limit per se. Um, it's something that you should arrange between your carrier and, and the driver. It should be arranged. Um, there isn't a specific limit, but it's kind of a good, use your good judgment. Uh, right. And make sure that you're, you're not fatigued when you come back on duty. Um, give yourself enough time to get rested. But limit, really. There's no sp specific limit in the, in the rule. Okay. And I also would like to get to another viewer question here. Uh, and this is from David Anderson at uh, J.B. Hunt. Uh, once everyone has adjusted to ELDs, what do you foresee the ultimate impact on productivity will be across the industry? Um, well, I mean, I'll start by saying that the extra miles from certain carriers who maybe were exceeding the hours of service uh, limits, uh, that will go away. Uh, and it's hard to say how much that was happening, uh, but we have seen freight capacity tighten uh, since the mandate went into effect. But of course, that may also be due to general economic growth. Uh, and ultimately, the industry is going to settle into a, a new equilibrium with, with ELDs uh, across the industry. And uh, I think that ultimately, uh, long, in the long run, the industry should become more efficient, right? Uh, because uh, of all this data captured by ELDs. 
you know, all that information is a valuable management tool. Uh, companies will be making better dispatching decisions, and uh, as a result, hopefully they'll be giving you know, the right load to the right driver at the right time, and that we have better overall efficiency in the system. You know, I also spoke to uh, Tom McLeod about how fleets can succeed in this new environment, uh, particularly as if they're new to ELDs. And uh, here's, here's what he had to say. When you think about this on the operational side with ELDs, uh, do you think fleets are just going to have to do a better job of really well managing drivers' available hours, especially for uh, these companies that are new to using ELDs? Yes, I, I think that um, the support that the operations departments of the trucking company gives to the drivers in planning the freight to helping them to stay efficient uh, is a big differentiator among trucking companies. The planners have to have visibility to that hours of service available. They need to help the drivers learn how to plan and plan their freight better in order to keep the productivity where it needs to be to get the driver income and to preserve the freight revenue for the trucking company as well as maintain service levels uh, for the customers. Uh, that requires the companies to be learning organizations and like any other business, to be continuously improving. In fact, uh, this really creates an environment where uh, continuous improvement has to become a core competency of the culture and the capability uh, of, it, of the business organization, when, you know, which is the trucking company. The companies that can keep their drivers 5 to 10 percent uh, more productive are going to win in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, they'll win with the shippers, they'll meet their service commitments, they'll be able to keep their commitments uh, to the drivers um, as well as their customers. They'll be able to pick up some of the extra freight by the companies that will go by the wayside uh, as, this, uh, as the ELD rollout uh, help, you know, shakes out companies and really weeds out the uh, companies that are better managed from the ones that are less well managed. Sure. And with the LDs and with the ELD mandate, of course, there's a you know, closer attention to compliance with hours of service across the board. And you know, is that changing the way that some fleets, you know, perhaps some of your customers, are using their back office software? I mean, are there adjustments that they're making to make sure that they're really on top of hours of service and really making the best dispatching decisions? We've, uh, over the last several years especially, added decision support tools so that the planner has visibility of the hours and some automated checks to be sure that the driver is going to be able to make the pickup on time, comply with hours of service rules, make the delivery on, on time. And again, that support for the driver in, in terms of the planning process is what's necessary to keep his productivity up and to meet the service commitments to the customer. Atri did a very revealing study showing that many drivers lose half hour to an hour a day um, because of the, the planning issue, you know, uh, one issue being searching for parking. Right. So the, the company that can support their drivers in terms of uh, planning the way they're going to handle the movements of freight is going to be miles ahead and, and see some real productivity gains over the competition. Okay. And the back office software is key to providing the visibility of the information to make those decisions. Sure. And, you know, one final question I'll, I'll leave you with, Tom. You know, um, a big part of uh, ELDs, you know, as a sort of a side effect is, 
you know, this really means a lot for the proliferation of technology across the entire industry. You know, many fleets have been using onboard uh, platforms, technology platforms, for many years, and you know, if not decades. But now you have, especially the smaller carriers, uh, owner-operators, small fleets, and now all have some sort of technology platform in the cab, you know, in many cases for the first time. Uh, what does that mean for the spread of technology and the opportunity for just more efficient operations uh, across the, the whole industry? We're really encouraging companies to think of it um, not in terms of technology for technology's sake, but um, we're encouraging companies to think of continuous improvement to their business process. And really the management of information and in their information system is impossible to separate many times from the business process because that's what enables your business process or else holds you back from being able to fully implement. But uh, even given sophisticated tools, we see some companies that incorporate it very well uh, and do, do a great job with uh, continuing to add to their ability to run more efficiently, to support their drivers more efficiently, and we see other companies that don't do well at all and aren't uh, looking for the, the same improvements. Over time, uh, there'll be a, a big gap in performance of those companies and it'll weed out the, the poor performers. Welcome back. As a reminder, a uh, final reminder, you're watching Live on Web's look at how ELDs have changed trucking. And uh, as we continue, uh, you, can still have, you still have time to participate in the show by emailing your questions or comments to share at ttnews.com and we'll do our best to try to get to them by the end of the program. Um, now, in the months leading up to the ELD mandate, uh, there was a huge swath of the trucking industry uh, that had to move its drivers from paper logbooks to ELDs to comply with the regulation. Uh, one of those carriers is Midwest Freight Systems, and I spoke to their safety manager, uh, Eden Salamagic, about the move to ELDs. Here's what he had to say about it. And Midwest Freight Systems is also one of the many trucking companies that went through uh, a big transition last year with the ELD mandate, moving from paper logbooks to a full electronic system. Now, Eden, I wanted to ask you uh, to, to provide a, an overview of that transition for me. You know, what was that like? You know, to to, to make that uh, move from from paper to electronic, and how difficult was it to to go through that transition? Uh, about a about a year prior to the mandate, uh, we started to install all the ELD, ELD units into our uh, truck. And uh, that kind of got the ball rolling for us, uh, put us ahead of schedule. Um, as far as any difficulties, I, I'd say the, the, the major difficulty is, you know, uh, the driver kickback at the beginning. Um, you know, they were not for the change and uh, made it a little difficult to kind of convince them to, to switch over but uh, as the you know mandate approached they sort of figured out that hey this is not going away and this is something that uh, we are going to have to live with and uh, after that they, they accepted it and you know uh, asked for as much training as possible and uh, wasn't was wasn't too difficult as okay. we thought it would be a lot worse but didn't have too many problems okay and uh, what are you hearing from drivers so far? You know, it's been a while now. It's been a, a number of months. They've been out on the road with uh, ELDs. Uh, has that uh, has driver acceptance of the uh, systems improved since the place you began with? 
I would say uh, in a big way. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning, it was a lot of kickback, a lot of, hey, you know, is the government going to get rid of this? Uh, but afterwards, uh, I have a lot of drivers that come up to me and say, hey, you know, I, I, I couldn't be happier with the e-log. Uh, they get, a, you know, an adequate amount of rest. Um, the rates also have increased, and uh, drivers are making more money, getting more rest, and they're happy. Sure, and you know one of the uh, initiatives that you guys uh, took at Midwest Freight Systems was to create a, an ELD department, right, to uh, to answer driver questions. And can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that, and and uh, what's the driver response been? Uh, we we do have a, a 24-hour ELD department. It's, a, it's a, essentially a helpline that drivers can call into if they have any issues. Um, and uh, also, not only that, uh, with with our you know, we, we use Omnitrax as the ELD provider. Uh, with that, you have a lot of, you know, heartbreaking events or any uh, aggressive or unsafe driving that the driver might do. Um, that department will reach out to the driver and kind of correct it right on the spot. Uh, okay. As far as the drivers, uh, they're, they're real happy with the department uh, because of the fact that it, t it takes time for some of these guys to, to, to really get a hold of it and, and actually know what they're doing. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, so they can call in at any time and then get the get the help that they need. Okay. And you know, another part of this, of course, is what happens at roadside. So, uh, what are you hearing from drivers about their experience at uh, you know, roadside inspections? You know, are they uh, coming back to you and, and sharing some of their experiences uh, out on the road? As far as roadside inspections go, uh, drivers seem to be more confident when they're pulling into the way station. Uh, there is not the problem with uh, paper log. Maybe you forgot to you know, write something or, or pull the right line. Uh, everything is there for them to see. And uh, there haven't been too many issues. Uh, we've been, I guess, inspected less now that the uh, ELD mandate has hit. Okay, welcome back. And thanks to Eden for taking time for that interview. Uh, I'd like to now get to some of the questions we received from our viewers. Uh, here's one that comes from uh, Dan Horvath, who's the Director of Safety Policy at American Trucking Associations. And he says, I've heard from many carriers that drivers who were initially reluctant to go to ELDs now swear by them and have stated that they would not go back to using paper logs. In your conversations, have you heard this from carriers and drivers? And I believe this supports the, the need to properly train drivers and have their buy-in with using ELDs. Uh, yeah, I've, I've generally heard that same message, uh, especially from the, the early adopter fleets. They all kind of give you about the same story of, of some initial uh, pushback or initial concerns from drivers. And over time, as they got used to them, uh, they, they saw the benefits and, um, and, and generally are on board with them. And of course, now it's no longer a choice. It's a, it's a government mandate. So uh, any drivers who uh, don't like it. It's not like they can just uh, uh, go to the next fleet uh, that, that isn't operating them. Uh, but Eric, did you have any other thoughts on what you're hearing about driver acceptance? Yeah, I've heard the same thing countless times. Uh, drivers will even sometimes say they're going to quit if they get an, have to go to an ELD. Um, at first, there is some resistance from a lot of drivers, but um, generally, I hear that once they get used to them, they like them. Mm. Makes their job easier. Sure. And a couple other questions we received deal with driver detention time. And of course, this has been a hot topic around hours of service in general, uh, you know, drivers being held up at uh, you know, shippers and 
locations and not being able to, to load or unload. And uh, meanwhile, that hours of service clock, of course, uh, keeps ticking. So uh, Ken Walters at XPO Logistics asks, has full ELD implementation helped create opportunities to increase average time on the road, uh, provide uh, uh, real-time data to uh, shippers and receivers when, politely speaking, loading or unloading times are consistently and frequently expansive? Uh, that is politely uh, stating it, um, but uh, he's, he's wondering if the potential for minute-by-minute -minute data availability can, can help to solve this. And then uh, Alicia Williams at uh, Megacore Logistics had a, a similar question or comment. Uh, when will shippers and receivers start offering better detention? They hold carriers all day and then deny the detention request. So clearly there's a lot of frustration about this issue. And um, you know, it's an important on ongoing conversation between uh, shippers and carriers. And uh, especially with, with uh, ELDs now, there's more focus on hours of service compliance. And the driver's time is, re is really valuable. And that really has to be understood across the industry. And uh, I will say that at a time like this, when there's so much freight to move, carriers may be in a position where they can actually be selective about uh, whose loads they're moving, which shipments they're moving, and maybe a partner with the shippers who, who do respect the driver's time and uh, don't hold them up too long. And uh, going back to the technology piece of this, sure, you know, if you have more accurate you know, ETAs, estimated arrival times, uh, certainly you'd think that that could help um, coordinate all this better and there's less time waiting at the dock and the driver can get back on the road sooner. And that's an ongoing conversation and we'll be watching that. You know, it's an issue that's not going away, but you know, there is potential to help uh, with the use of, of ELDs, I think. Uh, next up, I also want to consider another way that ELDs have changed the business landscape of trucking. You know, in the past, it was possible to skirt hours of service limits by fudging paper logbooks. Uh, but with ELDs, carriers across the industry are held to the same standard for hours of service compliance. And that also means that fleets need to do a better job of, to ma of managing this from the, the back office. And I discussed that topic with uh, Eden at uh, Midwest Freight Systems. Let's go ahead and, and go back to that interview. And Midwest Freight Systems is also one of the many trucking companies that went through uh, a big transition last year with the ELD. And you know, I also wanted to ask about how ELDs have changed how uh, your fleet dispatches drivers. You know, there's a, a, a additional focus on hours of service compliance and making sure that you can take full advantage of the available drive time that, that drivers do have. Uh, how, is, how have ELDs changed uh, the dispatching side of, of your business? Uh, I would say, you know, at, at first, obviously it was, uh, you know, a bit of a challenge. Uh, the dispatchers before did not have to know the, the hours of service rules. Uh, you know, they would depend on the driver to, to let them know when they're ready. Uh, now they, they see when the driver's going to be ready and it gives them time to plan ahead and then get them on the right lane. Sure. You know, and you alluded to this earlier, but I wanted to, to circle back to it. You know, since the, the rollout of the mandate, you know, we've seen freight capacity really tighten. You know, at the same time, we, we also just see a, a good freight market. We see economic growth. Maybe that's, you know, a big factor in it too. But um, what are you seeing in your operations? Are you seeing that, uh, you know, freight demand is, is really really high right now and there's a lot of, uh, lot of loads to move? Uh, yeah, I would, I, I would say that, you know, there, there is, it, it created more of a level playing field. So now, 
you know, you don't have one driver that's taken away from the other one. Uh, as far as, you know, uh, the, the negligent drivers that were, you know, abusing the e-log or paper logs uh, are, are forced to run by the hours now. And, you know, the, hour, the drivers that were doing what they were supposed to and, and running legally, uh, it, it's more of a benefit to them. Now it's, you know, they're, they're able to make the money. Uh, it's, it's not as slow as in the past. Uh, and it's really, really, uh, you know, improved, improved a lot for, for, for the drivers. And, you know, another piece of this is that, uh, you know, when you have a hot freight market, when there's a lot of uh, shipments to move, uh, rates tend to go up, and you know, we're, we're generally hearing that that's been the case across the board. Uh, you're, you're seeing that in your operations as well? Yeah. Uh, you know, from, from, from the expedite and dedicated side, uh, there has been an increase in rates, which, uh, you know, for, for companies like us, it's a good thing we're able to, you know, take some of that, some of that increase and, and give it to our drivers, you know. Um, now, you know, drivers all want to make a certain amount per week uh, and across the board carriers have brought their rates up so that helps us uh, you know uh, give drivers an increase sure. good um, you know is you mentioned some of the other ways that uh, your, your fleet is using the technology uh, apart from electronic logs so could you maybe give us some examples of how you're, you're benefiting from the technology beyond pure you know, hours of service compliance and uh, electronic logs. What are some of the other uh, features that you're taking advantage of? Uh, it, it really helps the safety department in, in a major way. Uh, we're not second guessing ourselves anymore. Uh, we're able to see you know, right in front of our eyes what's going on. Uh, for us, we have you know, heartbreaking events on there. So if a driver would slam on his brake, uh, it sends us a sends us an alert right away uh, we've also added a few few apps on on to the device uh, one uh, recently we've added which has helped us a lot is called speed gauge uh, it monitors the driver's speed so we're able to you know stay on top of safety a lot better than, than before and uh, you know hopefully in, in some cases we can stop the problem before before it gets out of hand okay and you know, last question I'll, I'll leave you on here, Eden, is uh, uh, just taking stock of uh, you know, really a big change in the regulatory landscape for trucking. You know, ELDs, you know, the ELD mandate was a big change for the industry. Uh, so maybe just in your own words, uh, how big of a change was this, and and what are your thoughts on on how it's changed the trucking in the industry? Uh, um, I, I would say it, it's it's definitely improved the industry. I know some drivers are still. Uh, hesitant to, 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 to believe that, but um, eventually they will uh, they will understand as well. Um, it, it improves safety. Uh, it improves the public safety, which is very important. Um, so, as far as the logs go, I would say it's it's a major improvement in the industry that that will only get better through time. Well, it'll be interesting to watch uh, in the months and, and years ahead as the industry continues to uh, move forward with uh, you know more technology on trucks and, and maybe that can open up some some new possibilities moving forward okay welcome back 
And uh, before we wrap up here, I'd like to get to some more of our uh, questions from, uh, from the viewership. Uh, Robert Mastin of Commercial Vehicle Group had a question uh, also about the technology side of ELDs. And he asks, um, many ELDs are Android-based. Uh, what other apps can run on them? And are there any restrictions against personal apps? Uh, so just to give you a, a, a sense of what's out there in the market, uh, lots of these systems can run a whole uh, lot of other different types of uh, applications that have a whole bunch of other features. You know, they're kind of like a, a Swiss Army knife and, and maybe the ELD is just the toothpick on it, you know, just a basic functionality. Uh, some ELDs, you know, they they're, um, may have ways to streamline pre and post trip inspections is a common one. Uh, they can help with IFTA uh, fuel tax reporting. And as we heard from uh, Eden earlier, some of these systems also have um, engine data, vehicle tracking, so you can track hard braking, uh, you know, speeding events. Uh, you can track miles per gallon for fuel economy. And uh, sure, you can equip some of them with turn-by-turn uh, -turn navigation as well. So there's a whole world of possibilities out there. It just depends how far you want to go and, and what you want to do. Uh, and to your question on are there any restrictions against personal apps, uh, there's nothing in the ELD rule that prevents um, a, any company from allowing their drivers to use whatever apps they choose. Uh, it just depends on company policy for the most part and the type of system they're running. Uh, there are multiple uh, models for that. In some cases, the, uh, the company owns the device and rolls it out and, 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 and uh, lets the driver use it, installs it in the truck. And there's also um, a different model where the drivers perhaps even use their own personal devices, a tablet or a consumer smartphone. And of course, then you can use your business applications and your, your personal applications uh, at the same place. So there's a whole, there's a mixture out there. Lots of fleets are trying this different ways and using a variety of apps. And in some cases, they're melding you know, the driver's personal uh, with the, the business applications on the same device. It just depends on the company. Uh, we also have a question here from uh, Mark uh, Skedler at uh, J.J. Keller & Associates. And he asks, has the personal conveyance interpretation update given carriers and shippers latitude in holding drivers at customers instead of a driver being able to say, I have to leave, I'm out of uh, hours and in violation in X number of minutes? Uh, so this is a, a great question, but I unfortunately I don't think I really have an answer at this point. It uh, does go to show that all of this is putting a lot more attention on drivers' available time under hours of service. Uh, that much is, is for certain. And uh, my initial guess would be that um, you know, this personal conveyance piece I don't think is going to offset the broader change, which is the, the rollout of ELDs across the industry. And um, that, I think, is going to put the onus more on the, on the carriers and shippers to make sure that drivers are not uh, being held up at these facilities. Uh, so that's what I'd like to, to think is the, the baseline here, and hopefully that will result in some, some productive conversations between carriers and shippers to, to really start to address this driver detention issue. Now we could talk about this topic for hours, but uh, now I think is a good time to wrap, wrap things up. Eric and I would like to extend our thanks to Carrie Wierkowski, Tom McLeod, and Eden Selmagic for participating in the program. And thanks also to PriceDigest.com for sponsoring today's show. If you missed part of the show or would like to watch it again, a replay will be posted later today on our website, ttnews.com, and on liveonweb.ttnews.com. LiveOnWeb will return in July to discuss the release of TT's 2018 Top 100 ranking of the largest four hire carriers in North America. Until then, thank you for joining us.